0: On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I discuss the Consumer Federation report and what it really means to become a realtor. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the notorious Rob Hahn, and as always with me, the fabulous Greg (laughs) Head. <laughs> you know, people who are just listening in their car did not see the amazing dancing and hand gestures. They didn't see any it's of an that. It's an art. It's an it's art. An Ola, art. But- yeah, it's an art. I agree. How are you doing? Which is why, you know what? More people should come on our YouTube channel. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, 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 click uh, like, subscribe, something. What, what is it? Hit that like um, button
0: pound that uh, like button
1: yeah hit that something. i don't know yeah subscribe ring that bell ring yeah that yeah, bell. yeah 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 so you're notified all that jazz oh good lord
0: i don't know the last i looked at the last one and like i'd been in the sun and i, I was kind of patchy there so i you know i got a face for radio so don't listen to rob
1: F- face for radio voice for print hmm. <laughs> but uh <laughs>
0: i can't win damn it
1: that's right. But uh, I think we're going to talk about something that we've been like, it's been on our minds for a few weeks, because this is now yeah. a little bit of old news. We just had other things that were breaking news and we kind of felt like we had to get to. I um, think we should talk about this report from the Consumer Federation about a topic that I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I've been talking about it for a while, but basically, too many goddamn agents I think literally the report is called surfeet or "Surfeit of Agents." Did Uh, you have to look it up? I thought, oh,
0: you know, I'm going to let those guys know it's a it's a typo, right? So (laughs) I think it was like a survey of agent. I'm like, okay, somebody messed up, and I'm like, well, maybe. And it's like it it basically means a glut or that's right, that's right. You know, too many of something. That's right,
1: but it's it's one of those like you know 25 cent uh, SAT words, you know, yeah they could have just said too many agents, you know, yeah, which yeah. Uh, anyway, they wanted it to that's sound what fancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, did you read the report? Yes. Okay. I read the report. I read the other pre two previous reports as well. Cause this is hmm. the third report that he did. Um,
0: well, this is, I mean, it, it you know, it, it, it's not going to be news to you and I, but I mean, no. it does hearken back to um, that one uh, talk that the, uh, was it, Alex Rumpel yeah. from Rumpel, uh, yeah. Rumpel from uh, A63 uh, Horowitz, A6. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Talked about like they did a serve, you know, they did a look at the uh, data from the state of Washington. And the mode that means the most repeating number of transactions that an agent did in w- the state of Washington was zero, right? That's right. So <laughs> that was, you know, kind yeah. of uh, and it, basically talking about what does this all mean? you know everybody says hey you got to use an agent trusted advisor but in this this report it it kind of came out um that you know less than half 49% have done zero transactions that's right right so jesus you know that's that's just that's crazy
1: right not only that but if you go like zero to five sales in a given year it's like 86% <laughs> 90% like you know, in other words, if you go zero to one sales. So I'm looking at the chart right here. Um, Central Pennsylvania zero to one sale. Berkshire Hathaway fifty five percent. Coldwell Banker thirty six percent. Like ginormous numbers. If you go from zero to five sales, which is not a living wage in most a lot of these well, markets. Well, in, in
0: Orange County, it might be
1: in right? Orange yeah. County. But I know yeah. in Central Pennsylvania <laughs> in Orlando, not. I don't think five sales is a living right. wage, right? Right. We're looking at 83%, 70%, 75%. Now, this is something we've known, right? I mean, it's not. this is not some, oh my gosh, shocking report, right? For those of us in the industry, we've been talking about this forever. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I guess we've got to talk about it because somebody outside the industry took the effort and went and dug up the data and put together a report, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it goes back to like... I just wish and maybe, maybe an MLS out there will do this with me as a kind of consulting project of like when, you know, for instance, just my experience of like, um, building a SaaS company, right? So, you know, right. there's, there's certain SaaS numbers or metrics. Um, and I think most of the private equity and other firms out there know there's probably a higher rate of churn in real estate because it's a very mm-hmm. aspirational business. It's very easy to get into that then you would normally have the stats you would have for a, a typical SaaS company, right? And it's like it's weird because it's B to B, but it's kind of B to C to B because they're agents and they're, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a weird industry. Yeah. But you know, what we had to do is uh based upon like some industry um accepted calculations, come up with what, what our churn rate is, right? And what, you know, our uh our revenue retention rate was and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And I'd really like to do that with, you know, take those numbers and, and apply it to, a, you know, an, or, an MLS organization as if they were a SaaS company being valued for whatever, right? sure Because what that I think would also give us is a baseline because, you know, we hear about all these other vendors that are like, oh, your adoption isn't as good. Well, hey, man, if half your agents, if we extrapolate on are not doing any business and we've got, you know, a 10% adoption rate well you know 10 percent of half of the like if it's 100 agents of 50 um you know it's significantly well that's a pretty good adoption rate if you're looking at the agents are actually doing business sure so there's just a level set some things out there to like manage expectations on that or or it could be you know used to say uh maybe we're not going to do any a lot of site licenses anymore right i don't i don't know what the answer is but i mean just give us a level set from some of the the larger MLS is to understand what the churn rate is of that, right? So how, how are they going to expect you to get 90% when, you know, 40% are leaving every year? If you, if that was the stat, right?
1: Hey, man, if you could get MLSs to, uh, to com- cough up that data, that would be a first,
0: right? I mean. yeah. No, it's, and it's, it's, it's <laughs> well, even NAR in association or something, just to like, you know, I, I've read before, like 80% fail within the first five years. I cannot find mm-hmm. any reference to that in any, any I mean, I, I've read that that it was in an NAR study. I looked at that study that there was no way that stat was in there. Um, there's all these little platitudes so, out there, but n- none of correct. them I can really source.
1: But here's the thing. I'm, I'm just going to point out a couple things, right? Number one, uh, do you remember when the MLS is sued? Uh, was it, uh, what's, what's a Google back company? Homelight. I think it was Homelight. Right, where Homelight went into the MLS and started pulling all this performance data and started publishing agent performance. Yeah. I think that was Homelight, right? Yeah. And a bunch of I mean, MLS Redfin
0: tried to do that too, right? And At some right. point that they went right. back and forth on it, yeah.
1: Like, they sued them. It's like, you you can't do this Is a violation of your data license or whatever, right? HAR, when they did the whole review thing, do you remember that? The, yeah. Uh, that was like the first time I saw Bob Hill, like- Seriously, take flag, you know, from from his own people. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just every time we get some of these stats, the the study has to use data from outside the MLS, outside the industry. NAR does a member survey, right? And they publish results and they talk about how many transactions. Here is the thing: it's a survey that's self-reported, right? Right. It's not like interesting. It's not like NAR is going to say, "Well, we're going to pull all the MLS records and then." and actually calculate, we're not going to rely on you telling us how many transactions you did last year.
0: I will right? say, I think, if, I think it's Austin that makes some of that information available, not on the churn rate, but like agents who haven't done transactions, agents of one and two transactions. I know they, sure. I think Emily over there does a good job with, I think I, they're, they're the only ones I can think of because Is she's actually public? spoke about that. And, yeah. I mean, she's actually really? talked about All it publicly right. on stage and, but not like, Real, like in you know, SAS standard churn rate statistics, sure, more of like sure, number sure. of transactions per, but so yeah. kind
1: of. I'm just saying, like, number one, let's face it, this is a number, this is a statistic that so far the industry has wanted to keep super duper secret.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm sure, you know, maybe, right? Maybe, sure.
1: I, no, I, let's let's first. if you said, Hey, I'm going to write a report on agent performance MLS. Please send me a data feed. Please send me a download of all of your transactions. I'm willing to bet money. Well, uh, okay, that you'll but, get but, your responses. Yeah,
0: but I mean, let's like let's say it's a consulting project where you know somebody goes in and says, "Okay, let's let's take a look at your data, just for internal use, right?" Let me get a handle because that data is going to then give me something to reference. Right. When I talk about it,
1: then, right? Here's the thing like, if you go into a broker dashboard, you know, some of these like um, a Teradatum or some of those uh, products that brokers use to recruit agents, Mm -hmm. right? It actually has all agents, all brokers, it has productivity numbers. Okay. Right,
0: I don't think, it, but it doesn't have. Is I think again, I'm talking about strictly membership, it, sure. member of the MLS, right? So that that's tracking transactions. I'm talking about like how many ML, how many agents leave the business every year.
1: Oh, sure, yeah, right. That you would be able to get that by basically comparing membership rosters year to year. Well,
0: yeah, but like I, I, like I think the broker metrics and things like that—they're not like
1: capturing. Oh, no, Five no, years they, of data or something. They've captured it. They don't report on it well, which is a yeah. different thing, right? In other yeah. words, that's that's a, the problem of the Well, I software. mean, again,
0: I, I, I'm curious as a vendor to know this, but I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking if I'm, you know, I've run SaaS software companies before, right? So you, these are data points you want to have. Completely. I, I got to believe that the CEO of, you know, some larger MLSs or any MLS would want to know what their churn rate is, what their revenue well, I bet retention. they know. I mean, do you think they know because I think I bet they know when i when I hear them you know harp about adoption, if there are this kind of numbers here and what you know that that we just talked about, um, yeah, I'm not sure they really know that those numbers
1: i i I will bet you that they know. in fact, I know at least some of my clients I've worked with in the past they know right Here's the bizarre thing the the crazy thing is. The people who leave aren't necessarily this 49%. So this is one of the things I've talked about in the past, right? Which is the idea that when the market goes south, when the market turns soft, we're going to get rid of all these part-timers and – do you know what I mean? Well, we'll, like, well this report we've heard says they're all
0: part-timers basically. Well, this report says they're almost all part-timers.
1: There's, It's hugely dominated. But like that's one of the notions that people talked about, right? So when the real estate crash was happening and 30% of agents left and, you know, like there was a dip in membership numbers, like right around 2008, you know, around that time frame, like a lot of MLSs saw a 30% drop in membership, right? <clears throat> and in the industry, there was this this theme, this meme that was going around saying, well, this is good because this terrible market means that we're getting rid of all these, you know, uh, part-timers. soccer moms and part-timers and whatever, right? But actually, if you looked at the data, that's not what was happening, right? You weren't losing them from the people who are doing zero to one transactions. You're losing them from people who are doing like five to eight transactions, right? Because the people- they were zero- actually
0: using it as a revenue generator, right?
1: Like they were They're actually- on that income. Paying, correct, they actually relied <laughs> on it. They were actually trying to be full-time professionals. They couldn't make it, so they quit, and then they got a job doing something else, right? The zero to one percent, they maintain everything because if you think about it just if you just do the math, okay, like between realtor dues and mls dues, so what are we looking at we 're looking at maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred a year, something like that right, and if you are like you know your you're, you're sort of stereotypical right you know the stay at home mom you know who's just like a real estate on the side, you know, so that she could sell a house once in a while to uh mm-hmm somebody on a soccer team, you know, if that's, that person is not, they're not counting on real estate as, as uh for income. Right. And it gives them like a level of, I, I don't know how to put it, like status. Like, I, what do you do? Oh, I'm a real estate agent. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, dude, here's how fucked up this is. I mean, I, I, I,
0: there's actually a meme about that where it's like, I think it's a picture of like, you know, Taylor Swift, like, you know, just kind of, Looking over a glass, taking a sip, right? Where it says, when, and, and, and the, the caption is, when somebody says something like, um, well, if any, if all else fails, I'll just get my real estate license, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, but it's, it, it, it exists because there's some truth to that, right? Yeah. Like there's some truth to it, which is, and, and I've, I remember, uh, this is my previous wife, we talked about this. So back when I was like in my early 30s, she talked about how much pressure it is as a professional woman. You go to a party, you go to whatever, and the question is like, what do you do? And there's this pressure for her to not be like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom,
0: right? Oh, like, right on, right on.
1: So there's some of that, right? Hmm. Um, so real estate ends up being like a nice career for that. And I was thinking, what, what I was thinking about the fucked up thing is I'm rewatching uh, Friday Night Lights, the series. Uh-huh. And there's a scene where one of the characters is married to like this very wealthy guy who moves into town and whatever. And you know what? Real estate agent. <laughs> so she's the one who goes to the coach's wife. It's like, hey, I know about this house. It's coming on the market. It's a foreclosure. You should... And I'm like, okay. In any event, my point. Well, being, I mean, didn't
0: I read something like one of the origins of stories of real estate agents was they were doctors' wives or something? Yeah, I got, I got, I got to pull that up. You know, what what, I, what occurred to me as you're talking too is that you know, with all this stuff, if we if we bring into the fact of like, you know, in, who's engaged here, right? I mean, if it is, so many people are just this is just a a thing they can say at a party or you know, yeah. they they had one deal they could do and they said, what the hell, I'll get it, just kept it. I mean yeah. this also it, this also speaks to the pro the problem of like nobody's reading this shit from NAR because they're not really of course not in the business, right? So of it's like not. you know right. It's almost it, like you can't do you blame NAR because that people are not, you know, getting their messages because they're not um enticing enough? Or is it just uh, is do. it is it really the simplest the, the simplest, simplest answer, which is like they're not engaged in this. This is just yeah. something they keep going and they don't worry about much, yeah. right?
1: Should, should I pull up my presentation for 2016? The CMLF <laughs> reason where I talked about this. Wait, hold on. Yeah. But before I move on, I do want to point something out, right? Because I feel like whenever we get into this conversation about part-timers, it, it automatically falls on like suburban white women. Like, no, no, no. Like, that's not the only ones. So the other TV show where I saw this 100% is The Wire, right? Where. Right one of the cops right, was, yeah. had a, was a part-time realtor and would like pass around his cards. Sonny, my wife, drivers. <laughs> right, no, my wife, Sonny, one of her, two of her agents out of her office in the Seattle area were with two full-time cops, right? And they would have a business, so they would sell or, you know, help do real estate for other guys in the department. So this is not yeah. a, male female this this not that it's that a no, lot I, of these re- people have other things going on they're not counting on real estate as a prime, as a way to pay their mortgage
0: yeah i had right? a, a my dad's uh, best friend growing up um was in the um you know the reserves yeah and he was an agent yep yeah. right and um you know he sold all the houses of all his buddies in the reserves right and he, yeah. he sold cars also but i mean it's just a, you know, it's just a thing like, Hey, I've got a network of people that, you know, trust me, like me, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can sell them cars and, and houses. Right. So why not?
1: Why not? I mean, it makes sense. You know, it a, does a make sense. A lot of different levels. Yeah. The issue that becomes, is this good or is this bad? And I'm going to relate this to, cause I've been working on this series. It's f- phenomenal. Uh, some work that, um, I've been doing looking at the writings and the works of William North, the former general counsel of NAR, who talked a lot about some of these things. I already wrote one post about it, about the code of ethics, how he called it like the gift of vision. I'm working on another one, looking at, you know, his work on agency. And he actually pointed this out, man, back in like 1986, you know, 1993, that what, what is sort of weird about residential real estate compared to specifically commercial real estate. Right. You don't find part timers in commercial real estate.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. It's a cutthroat right? business there, right?
1: And now, what you find there is you find full time real estate agents who do some commercial and some residential. You don't find cops doing commercial real estate. You don't right. find, you know, soccer moms doing commercial real estate, right? Whereas you do find it in residential. And William North back in 1993 was talking about this. And how this has led to some of the pressures on the industry. I, now, here's the thing: like, okay, who do we blame if not NAR?
0: Well, uh, every state has their own licensing. licensing. Yes. Yeah, okay. Agreed.
1: So, that's not controlled by NAR. Correct. But realtor status is. <sighs>
0: Well, I think this harkens back to a conversation we had a long, long time ago. And like, it's, you could say it's brokers. And, 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 and the report says this, right? Some, some have like mm-hmm. Remax, I think mm-hmm. is the one they mm-hmm. mentioned that, you know, they've been very successful recruiting, but the, what they recruit are agents that have been trained at other places that show promise. Hey, bring, come over here. Our splits are, di- we have a different setup here. Yep. It could be a hundred percent or whatever. And they have a, a revenue model to do that yeah um, some brokers don't give a shit. It's just like you know is there put a mirror to their mouth if they've right. got a breath right that's it and they've stopped doing training and everything else, and just said i think the 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 analogy is throw them in the pool and see who doesn't right. drown right right um because they know you know it's worth it because they're going to get one or two deals right from that person from a friend and family, and then for whatever reason, that I guess that makes their number that quarter or whatever. And right, then right. if the guy stays on and brings more, it's just it's just a bonus. So maybe you have to blame the, the brokers here, right? That that they're not
1: sure. But the broker's only doing what's best for business. Right.
0: Yeah, but in the long term, is this best for business? I mean, or is this no, agreed.
1: The, yeah. the long term maybe it's terrible for business. My my thing is this the broker's mission statement is not was has never been, right? professionalism, and advocating for homeownership. A broker's mission statement is make money. There's only one institution in our industry whose mission statement is professionalism. Only one. So who else am I going to blame? Who else can we blame? Who else should we blame? And this is kind of look at it. What NAR's excuse, every time Raise the Bar comes up, what the realtor excuse is, well, the, it's, we should be lobbying the state. I'm like, How about because that that just kicks the can down to you know it's about the legislators and you know they're it's way too easy to get a real estate license. How about you just make it where if you're not full time you can't be a realtor. Why can't you do that? And I have not yet gotten a satisfactory answer to that. Right? Sure, license that's between you and the state. You want to be a realtor, you got to be full time.
0: Would you say the same thing about an attorney?
1: Uh sure. They're, yeah, they're, I now, mean, he, where where the you know what? A you, little unless different. you're
0: a waitress for full time, you can't be a waitress. I mean yeah. unless you unless you're a uh you wash cars full time, you can't be a car washer.
1: I mean is I, there, I don't is know there how to sounds... hold on. Is there a car washing trade association? I'm sure there is. And do the is there a mission professionalism in car washing?
0: I mean that's what most associations kind of want no, to bring, I, I, right?
1: It's I don't know the answer, right? I don't know the answer, but if it's a trade association and its mission is professionalism, and you know who does this actually, because you brought up uh, car washing, or whatever, unions actually do this. You can't join the electricians' union if you're a part-time electrician. You see what I'm saying?
0: Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, you're you're essentially part-time because the way unions are set up, it's like it's all about you know. How long you've been with them? So all the old guys get all the work, and you could be sitting on the docks for you know months on end until something comes up,
1: right? I mean, granted, but I'm saying you. Maybe I'm wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. What I remember out of like New York back in the 90s is you can't join the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers if your identity is I'm a full time electrical worker. I just don't have a gig right now. There's a difference between I'm a full-time electrical worker and I don't have a gig versus yeah, I I, I'm a I cop know would... and I do some electrical work on the side. Like they're not going to accept you, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't. I think you probably check that. I mean, I, I would. I would imagine you can't. If a, there's no work available, who's going to begrudge somebody like you know being an Uber driver?
1: Uh, Can on the side, I right? join the electrician electrical union? If I am part-time, let's see. Uh, you, can be question- a, you can be an apprentice.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I think the question is, can I have a part-time job and belong to the electrical union? I mean, that, that's the, that's the question.
1: Well, let's see. Part-time work as a German. I am an apprentice. Was curious if any part-time work, 16 to 24 hours a week, is an option down the road. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Other than short calls listed at the hall, I've only seen really old guys do this. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. Look, basically, the the trade unions... Will not accept you as a member if you are not doing that work full time. Well, I mean, you can be an apprentice and learn to be that.
0: Yeah, but you're you're saying, you know, I don't think. I think maybe it is a factor. How much of a factor it is, I don't know. But you know, you could be a derelict and be a full time realtor too, right? I mean, it, it does. You're just saying this. You're 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 casting a wide net here to say. The reason why we don't have these high professional standards is because you're only part-time, you're not full-time. And I would say there's probably a lot of full-time agents that are fucking
1: assholes. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the issue is the realtors, whenever this changed, and I think roughly it was when REMAX came around the 70s, right? Whenever this changed, I think NAR should have taken the stance of you can be an apprentice realtor, you could be a journeyman realtor. You can, you can, if you, if the state gives you a license, you can, you can join the MLS. Okay. But here's the deal. You can't be a realtor, right? If you're not full time.
0: And how do you manage that? Is there a master time clock you check into at NAR?
1: Do you have some other job? Do you have a different source of income? Is your yeah. primary income from real estate? Right. Are you paying your I mean- mortgage with real estate? <laughs>
0: That sounds like a job, right? So the thing is, it's a, the, what everybody talks about that they love about this industry it's, it's 1099. You can work sure. your own hours. Absolutely. You can choose to do Absolutely. what you want to do. Yes. So the, you can the do minute all those you, Right. So you're just saying you can't make any other income besides this.
1: No, no, no. I'm saying you can do all those things. Just don't call yourself a realtor. Right. You just can't be a realtor. Right. Now keep in mind until, until 1978, 76, only broker owners could be realtors. Sales agents could not actually be realtors. They were like associates or something, right? Affiliates. I can't remember what the exact term is. Somebody listening probably knows, right? But NAR changed the rule so that individual agents could then become realtors. Until that point, in order to be a realtor, you had to be a brokerage owner. Right, so the number of realtors was like two hundred thousand, right? and then after that change, you see the number of members like spike straight up. You yeah, I mean
0: because they could start. They realize that hey, if I bill all these guys, I mean it's, it's gonna be
1: Bingo. More revenue. Bingo, and I'm saying that's the sin. And NAR as a trade association, that point as a nonprofit trade association, should say, hey, man, it's not about the dues money. It's not about the dollars. It's about professionalism. We cannot allow this to happen. We're going to keep it where only the the broker owners are realtors or at a minimum, fine. We're going to allow individuals to become realtor members, but they have to be full time.
0: Yeah, I feel like, you know, we're going to we always cross cross, you know, go back to some of these same themes. But like, you know, there is a strategy where the more money you have, the mm-hmm. better you can effectively change or keep. Your influence in Washington, so Mm -hmm. there there could have been a strategic conversation to say, "Listen, you know, we're not getting what we need done in Washington. We need no more money. How are we going to do that? Sure. Well, we could open up to agents, just not brokers, and that would like you know quintuple our our freaking war chest. Sure. Done. (laughs) Sure. Done. Sure. And that that. That may have been, there's trade offs in any decisions like that, right? So maybe one of the trade offs is what we're talking about now. But the other positive things is they got in more influence on Washington, which makes things better for everybody. I mean, it's, you know, you never know
1: these things. Hey, just extend that and just put a realtor in every home. (laughs) Why require a license?
0: Well, you want the dues money, right? So,
1: right. Hey, if if, if that's all it is, it's just dues money. It's for influence in Washington. Well, just make sure there's a realtor in every home, right? <laughs> the minute you buy your home, you get a realtor membership with it. <laughs> you right? have to pay. wrap it into the mortgage, right? Well, You'll like, have billions <laughs> of dollars and you have enormous influence, right? I mean, fine. If, like, so, here, now here's well, the funny be, thing. The,
0: that would be the title industry. So, we're going to talk about that here.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> know, right? But here's the funny thing. In, in when oh God, when was this? There was an active discussion at NAR leadership levels to talking about can we offer consumer membership to realtors for exactly the reason you mentioned.
0: Consumer membership to realtors,
1: right? That somehow allow consumers to become realtors. Oh,
0: realtor right. membership to consumers. Okay,
1: yeah, right. Okay. So that yeah. if, for the exact reason you mentioned, it gives us a lot more money and it gives us a lot more power and influence in Washington D.C. Right. I don't think that ever passed, but I do know there are a number of locals who do sort of homeowner alliance type outreach, right? Trying to do exactly sort of that sort of thing. Now, here's the thing. I'm saying if you want to do a homeowner alliance for the purpose of political power, I actually don't have a real issue with that, right? Because that doesn't impact professionalism. The issue is... What we have today, what we're talking about is the CFA report, that everybody listening to this program 100% understands there are too many goddamn agents. Everybody understands that there are a lot of people running around there who don't know a motherfucking thing about – they don't know shit. Like How they pass the license exam? Like We know that there are incompetent morons out there. Everyone listening to me right now has probably dealt with an incompetent moron on the other side. They know there are too many part timers. They know everyone. Oh, everyone you you knows. might
0: even be listening to a couple of morons right
1: now. You so might be, never know. Except <laughs> that I've never tried to. I've never claimed to be real. I don't sold real estate. to mean, like, so the issue is okay. That's an impact on professionalism, right? And if you trace it back, like, how do we get to this point? And everybody wants to point their finger everywhere else. I'm like, yeah, but there's only one institution in the industry that whose mission was professionalism and if the argument is we sacrifice that for political power okay then that's the trade off we made so we're going to have 49% of realtors we have zero transactions we're going to have this too many agents and you know and you know what here's the thing it's going to hurt the full timers right because these part timers you know are going to take market share like and i wrote a long post about that showing that actually some of the things that NAR has done in to gr- increase membership has probably reduced the full-time working realtors' income by 300%, Right? like large numbers, but that's the trade-off, right? So hopefully, the agent who should be making $300,000 a year but is only making 100 should feel better about the fact that there's a lot more political power in Washington, D.C. I don't think that's a trade-off that that agent would have made. I don't, right? I don't. So when you look at all of it, I'm saying, okay, so then where do we sort of place the blame? And I'm not saying place the blame for the just for this purpose of kicking somebody. I'm saying place the blame so we know what we need to fix down the road. And I'm placing it firmly in, you should, like when NAR made the, some of the decisions it did, that was the mistake. Where we need to go to is you don't have to join NAR. You don't have to be a realtor. Your license, have at it. You're part time, have at it. You just don't get to call yourself a realtor. We're not going to accept you for membership as so, a realtor. But
0: but, but if uh, if a part timer, those those people pass a test, you know, to become, can you go through some process to even if you're not full time, still be able to get that that moniker?
1: Why would you want to? Like, think about it. If you are I a realtor. I think there's people
0: that are capable of like, I'm not full-time doing this, but I I, I definitely, I, I will spend it all. I mean, I can do two
1: things at once. I can do,
0: you know, I got Elon Musk that's, when well, he's a CEO of like nine companies or some shit, right? Sure. I mean,
1: But my point is, if I'm a full-time working realtor, right, and I'm not, but if I'm a full-time working realtor, why would I want to let somebody who's part-time, is actually a cop, join my club? Why would I want, like- That doesn't make any sense. You would want
0: more competent people out there.
1: No, no, what I mean is like, look, uh, of course, I would open a path for that guy to become a realtor, right? It's simple, man. Here's all the class you have to take. Here's all the code of ethics things you have to abide by. And by the way, you have to be full-time, right? Now, until you become full-time, I'm willing to take you on as an apprentice. I'd be okay with that, right? That's what electricians do. That's what some of those other you know industries do, but yeah, I just create. I just
0: think you're you're just taking away. Well, I mean, you're you're making a subclass, right? So, I mean, I'm not sure that's going to solve the problem of of you know, it's like it's like the arguments being made now, like you know, the way that the uh, the, the plaintiffs were putting it was, you know, you have to, you know. You have to be a member of NAR to even call yourself a realtor, right? I that's mean, right. That's, you know, that, that, that vibe. But what that also means is that, but then there was a lot, a lot of people, like and I think even you on there. So what, you're not, who cares if you're not a realtor? Right. Right? So, I mean, right. if, if, if it really, if the value is gone away or going away. Which it is. Right. Then, you know, you know who cares if they're a realtor or not?
1: Nobody. Except, except for the consumer, right? If you're the home seller and you're realtor, but the consumer, as we talked
0: about, yeah, but the consumer is going to just realtors like Kleenex. It's like skill saw. It's I mean, they just they don't. They're never going to be able to understand.
1: They're always
0: going to think of them as realtors. So again, why?
1: But my point is, if I'm a consumer and I want a master electrician, I go and say, are you a master electrician with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers? Oh, you are? Okay. That lets me trust that you know what the hell you're doing, right? If I just go hire some guy off of uh, Craigslist and he fucks up my house and burns my house down, that's my fault, right? If I hired a master electrician and does that, that's his fault. (laughs) Right? That's the IBEW's fault, and I have some recourse as a consumer. I know that for a fact. But like, hey man, you fucked up my house electrical wiring. You know, your liability insurance, your your union liability insurance, all that's gonna kick in, right? We don't have that in real estate. We're going to get it though, and that's what I'm saying. This is a hopeful sign, right? Once we delink the MLS from the association from realtor status, every Tom, Dick, and Harry part timer, whatever, can get can be in business right? But you know what? Only about, I don't know, 10%, 15% of the people who buy and sell real estate are going to have this realtor thing going on. And here's what I know then, right? Again, we're talking about a new future. Uh What I know then is that that person with the realtor title is full-time, has gone through an apprenticeship, and does a minimum of uh, 25 transactions a year. Right. And does a hundred hours of continuing it, whatever, whatever the, the requirements are, right? And I say, you know what? I own a one bedroom condo in a high rise. No big fucking deal. I don't need a realtor for that, right? This is a, a simple, you know, whatever deal, right? Versus uh, my f- my father just passed away and left me. 300 acres with mineral rights and uh, two cabins and a main house. This is a real complicated deal. I'm going to hire a, a master realtor. I think that's the future, man. And, and so, I don't think that's a bad thing for anybody listening to my voice right now.
0: So, you know, just to kind of circle back and tie into something you've said at the beginning, isn't that the consumerization of real estate? Is that the MLS access? Well, you know, we were talking about before where there was a, a, a bid out there or a talk about coming up with like letting regular consumers become realtors, right? Mm-hmm. Now what the reason I think you know you want to become a realtor really right now is MLS access, right? That's Correct. what everybody talks about. If Correct. you decouple that and you say you don't have to be a member of this, well now that is opening it up to basically consumers right. Joining the MLS.
1: Right. What's wrong with that?
0: Well, it's a lot more dues. That's for damn sure.
1: Maybe. Right. But when you delink it, my point is what I'm trying to do no, is I'm my, trying to When you to delink
0: make... it, any any Tom, Dick, or Harry can can come off the street and join the MLS. Sure. They may they, they don't have they to call be... themselves a realtor. They don't give a shit about color is the realtor. Correct. They just want Correct. MLS access. So. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean that's an unintended consequence there. I don't know if that's a. I don't think it's an unintended consequence.
1: I'm saying that's just a consequence, intended or otherwise. My point is the intended consequence is that the only the professional, whatever elite few, will actually have the brand of realtor. This is something I've been trying to do my entire career, right, as a association MLS consultant, right. And people are like, "Well, it's because you hate NAR." I'm like, "No, it's it's exactly the opposite, right." If anything, NAR hates realtors is what what it comes down to because if you gave a shit about the the full-time working realtor on the street who's actually professional doing 10, 15, 25 transactions a year and is educating himself, herself and doing – you would do your best to somehow protect them, right? That That's what I'm saying. So you know what? And Here's the thing. We don't even have to look that far. We don't have to look to lawyers and doctors. Look at commercial real estate. And the CCIM designation, okay? Very few commercial real estate people have the CCIM designation. It takes years of effort and study and cost to get that designation. So why do they do it? Because in some cases, <clears throat> some clients say, I only want to hire CCIM. Not all cases, in some cases. mm mm-hmm. Why are we not trying to get that done? So when CFA, Consumer Fed, writes a report, the next report should be a surf feed of agents. Yes, not enough realtors, right? Because here's the thing. NAR can't control what state licensing law is, right? The fact that it's easier to get a real estate license than it is to get a hairdressers license, that's not something that NAR can control. That's not something the industry controls. That's legislators, it's politicians. Sure, you can go and lobby them to make it a little bit more difficult, but that's still their fucking choice, right? yeah, you know what is not their choice, you know what it is within our control. who gets to call themselves a realtor right
0: yeah, I mean I, uh, yeah, I mean I think there's some uh, you know i underst I understand what you're saying. I do think there's some unintended consequences that you have to think about that, but as far as like a you know if I put on my marketing hat on right if if NAR wants to like go and repair the damage that maybe, you know, and I would probably argue right now, most people don't know. This is all palace intrigue, palace intrigue stuff. And most consumers don't know what the hell is going on with. They heard somewhere you can, the commissions are doing going down, but they don't understand this level, but you know, let's say that it gets a bit, you know, it just start, you know, it it seems to like not lose any uh uh momentum here with the way things are happening at NAR now. Um, it's a campaign. It's a campaign. That says, you know what we we took a good hard look at ourselves, and you know what, we're we're saying right now today, um, half our membership is not going to be called cannot call themselves a realtor. We want to make realtor mean something, yeah. And we're dedicated ourselves to make being a realtor meaning something today. Yeah. And yeah. here's a here's here's what we're doing. Right. I, I yeah. do like that messaging. Uh, yeah. I just don't know of the unintended consequences of of, you know, you know, MLS access and what for consumers and what that means and everything else. But, you know, there's something sure. there for sure.
1: Sure. I mean, those can be figured out. It's not even that un- unintended. And <clears throat> since I've been spending my entire career thinking about this, I have a whole lot of thoughts around how that could be affected. Here's the the, the quote unintended consequence or what the reason why it hasn't happened is obviously you, you would lose a lot of dues dollars. Right, that's not that's not an unintended. That's like a foreseeable. Well, you just you could
0: collect dues, but you'd be collecting dues as an associate, not a realtor, right? You, Possibly. you could be a member of NAR, but you don't have that designation. Just like, Possibly. I mean, how many designations does NAR have? It's like but, you know, uh, but, all the fucking words, you know, the, the the alphabet soup that people put right, out for right. their names now. But here
1: is what's gonna happen, man. We're gonna find out this year, okay? Because the MLS and the Realtor Association will be delinked. It's just a matter of time, right? So the minute that somebody could get the MLS without being a realtor, we'll see how many people remain. I'm willing to bet money that it's about 30%, maybe less, right? In fact, I think I have a steak dinner bet no, with you steak, already we have a steak bet. dinner bet. You're, you're so going to lose that. Yeah. I think it's going to be 15 to 30% at most, right? And I'm saying that's a good thing. That's a good thing because what it I means guess- – only 15% okay. of people out there buying and selling houses will be able to call themselves a realtor. So as a consumer, if I want the highest level of professionalism, the highest level of competence, I should be able to say, you know what? That guy, that gal is a realtor. They can't Maybe, do that today. Right? No, I, I get that.
0: Let me go back to like can a MLS – let's say you delink the association part. Yeah. But an MLS can say you have to have a real estate license.
1: Sure. You can say whatever you right. want. It's a private organization.
0: Well, I think we talked about the last podcast, but um, and you said you couldn't. But uh, no, I get that. All right.
1: That's cool. Yeah. So, you could. yeah, you could say, hey, you're a licensee. Welcome.
0: Right. But I'm just – I mean, is there, is there a barrier to entry where Johnny off the street just could go, I want to join the MLS? I mean, it, it, right?
1: I don't know. I mean, that's a separate question almost, right?
0: Right. But I mean, I mean again, I'm, I mean, you're saying intended consequences. I don't know if it's such a good thing for the industry if everybody can join the MLS. Anybody could join the MLS, right? What's I mean, the downside? They're...
1: Because you can't, you can't represent somebody else if you don't have a license. You can't engage right. in the practice of real estate if you're not licensed.
0: Well, I guess, you know, it, it is the last bastion, even though we can see all the listings online. Right. Right. Um, and there are some certain tools If you, if you like a vow feed, if you do a handshake agreement, sure. you can get basically access, but it, and maybe it's, maybe it's a moot point because you know, any real estate is such a fucking, you know, it's a, a, a passionate three months and then mm-hmm. who cares? Right. And it's like 10 years later, whatever. So maybe, maybe it's not that type of thing, but who else would want to get into that, that business, of getting that data. I, I guess I worry about it. if you're, if you're <laughs> a pool guy, I'm going to join the MLS and then, you know, and why? Gonna, right. Well, I can now get the no, data I mean, like, have a pool.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm not sure I see the real downside again, because you yeah. can't.
0: No, I don't know if I do either. I'm just, I, I'm coming up with this on the fly. Like, yeah. is that what, right. what would happen there? But I don't think agents would be, you know, you're talking to somebody. This is no, I already, I'm already a member of the MLS. Oh. Okay.
1: Um, what do you mean?
0: Well, if they're talking to, a, if they have a consumer right. that's looking to, you know, want to buy or sell their house. Right. They says, okay, well, um, here's my listing agreement, this and that. And like, yeah. Uh, well, I'm already on the MLS. So really what I need is just this. Right. Right. I mean, right. what What would that be like?
1: I don't, I don't know. What I'm not, this I just is. thought about, huh? Yeah. I don't know what the this is. Right.
0: Well, that they they're dealing with a client that has access to all the data that they have.
1: Right. If that's your value, you should get out of the business. Right. If your value right. as a real estate agent is that I have access to the MLS, you should find something else to do. Right. You're like, oh, great, you already have access to all the data, so I don't have to wor- waste my time on that. Let me tell you how I'm going to do to market your home, or let me tell you what I'm going to do to help you negotiate. Let me let me tell you what I'm going to do in terms of service to you, like. Yeah.
0: I guess Those you're not really you even a, around. yeah, you're not really a participant either. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that would be a thought process to me was just like forgetting all this other stuff is like, okay, what, what is preventing us from offering consumer, anybody off the street access to become a member of an MOS? What's a NAR. pluses and minus of that? <laughs> Well, now it is, but I mean, we're talking about a world where you are saying yeah. that's going to be decoupled, right? So, so then we have to think of the, the the consequences of okay. Well, that means that anybody can join the MLS, like so. Okay, okay, yeah, I, no, I, we're saying think, anybody says okay. Yeah, so, no, what does think, that mean?
1: I think there are two uh, things that prevent it. One is legitimate, and the other one is not. Okay, the legit, the one that is not legitimate, which is the dominant one. Is agents just think it means that they're going to lose business. Right. No, there's like FISBO. Yeah. Right. I don't think that's legitimate because that's not a reason for anyone to hire you just to get their listing to the MLS. And there are plenty of companies now $300, I'll get your listing to the MLS. Right.
0: I'm with you. Okay.
1: The legitimate reason, though, is some of the information that's in the MLS is uh, around security like showing instructions, gate codes, yeah. that shit is not, like, you know, Like now granted, one of the things I point out is, okay, but if you belong to big MLS with, you know, the loose rules and shit, like 35,000 people have my gate code now. <laughs> right? Like, right, but is that, okay. <laughs> but at I, least, I, I, at a, hold on, at a minimum though, those 35,000 people are licensed. We know who, you know what I mean? So maybe there's some, you know, something around that. That is a legitimate reason, though, to be like, hey, just any Tom, Dick, or Harry cannot get access to this,
0: right? Yeah, I'm curious in Thompson States what happens now.
1: What do you mean Thompson States? Why would-
0: well, the, is it Thompson States? You still States have to be
1: licensed, one? right?
0: So it's a license, which really
1: is, is the bar. Okay. Right, well, see, I right. mean,
0: I can, I, can, I can see that then, right? Okay, right. yeah.
1: That's what I was going to. So consumer access to the MLS, I said, like I said, the not legitimate reason is because somehow this is going to affect my ability to go get a client. The legitimate one is: there's some of this data is not intended for public use. We do have to protect our clients' identity. We do have to protect, you know, uh, children are home from two to four. Like we don't, we can't just like, it's like that's not public data, right? Right. So I do think that part is legitimate, and I'm not sure that there's a way around that without the whole license piece or some other protection. Yeah, it's got to be a license. Kind.
0: It's a, right. a license, I think is probably. I'm not sure if one. license
1: is enough though, right? Given how easy it is to get a license, right? I'm not sure if well, that's.
0: That's okay. So now you're, now you're in a headspace with me, right? So <laughs> right. I'm just saying like, that's a conversation. Yeah. When yeah you're yeah, talking yeah. about, yeah. If it's disconnected, okay. What does that world look like? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And like, is a license enough? Is this enough? Right. Right. You know, what's stopping right. that? I mean, um, right.
1: yeah. That, that, that's that's probably, that's a different conversation. I think it'd be phenomenal yes. to have it's like, look, there's some private information around the sale of a property. How do we protect that? You know, um, like, well, it could I, be I different know, access.
0: Right? I mean, be, if you, that could be controlled
1: by the password. Maybe. Right? That, right. that they're maybe. showing
0: instructions or private agent right. remarks are not on maybe. that.
1: Maybe. And that's there's maybe a technological solution. But I think conceptual <laughs> what we're saying is, look, we're granting access to this information to members of the MLS because at a minimum, they're licensed by the state. And there's some level of background checks or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we feel better about letting someone who's an MLS subscriber see the the alarm codes to a house, right?
0: Yeah, but it's, I mean, again, yeah. And and now I'm going on your side. It's like, you know, if you could control some of that data not being shown. Right. Right. I mean, this is a whole new business model. Yeah. That could be, you know, enacted by multiple listing service organizations, right? Of like a consumer. uh, Now, the members just, I mean, you know, going for the first thing, like I said, the illegitimate reason still the force is strong in
1: that, right? Force is very strong, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, so you'd probably never get away with that, but it does open up some, you know. Yeah, I can't think of a single MLS board that's going to be willing to, uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to allow fizzbos. Like, they, well, yeah, you're not well, going to be a well, board member for long. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. Well, but you know, you know, if, 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 if it goes in a direction that you've always talked about where now MLS has become for profit, now they're, you know, now there's dividends, now there's everything else. And w- let's say that same board member goes and shows up, a, uh, pulls up a spreadsheet. Right, right. <laughs> it says, maybe here's, here's our revenue in 2023. Maybe. without this. And then let's just say we get X percent and it's quadruple the revenue. Somebody's going to go, huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I've I've done that, Greg. Like I try to privatize so many MLS got so close so many times. It's not going to happen. It's not going to yeah. happen until we see the thunderstorm, until we see like volcanic eruptions in the industry, which is coming this year. Well, listen, no, which I mean, it's is coming the, the this year? Rumbling, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ground's rumbling, man. The ground's rumbling. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying <laughs> like maybe by November, you know, like second half of this year, we might see some of that shit. I'm just like I, I know to like, as of right now, as we're recording this. Nah, that'll never fly. And there's yeah. not an MLS executive, there's not a board member who's gonna go, hey, you know what you should do? We should allow consumer access. It's never gonna, it's never gonna happen. Yeah. What I can say though is because that gets us away from this. This consumer fed report does point out there are too many goddamn agents. Yep. This is true. Okay. This is not something we as an industry can actually control. And I'm sorry, the people who wanna blame brokerages. I'm like, you're, you're, you're missing the, 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 the picture here because brokerages are businesses and their mission is to make money. And if getting a whole bunch of part-timers to give them one or two deals or pay a desk fee is going to make money for that business, have at it, right? There's only one institutional organization that is not meant to, like your mission is not to make money and that's NAR. That's the Realtor Association. So what I'm saying is the fourth report that needs to come out maybe a few years from now is surfate of real estate agents but just in of realtors cuz it turns out only 10% of licensed agents can become a realtor because of these various rules and whatever right that's actually yeah. what needs to happen and for that to happen the current leadership of NAR of local of state associates are going to have to do some serious fucking soul searching and make some real big like big balls big boy decisions because a lot of it's going to involve, we have to get rid of 70, 80, 90% of our staff because our budget's going to go from 70 like we're going to lose 70, 80, 90% of the money. Like yeah. that's the well, inevitable I mean, they, consequence. Incre-
0: they could do it and increase dues at the same time. But Possibly. I mean, no, I, Possibly. Yeah, I, I, but you're right. I mean, you can join the Army, but you're not a ranger.
1: Right. Right. Like that's yeah. just how it is. Right. And until yeah. our current leadership or the future leadership, they they have to understand this. Right. We can't, we can't have this giant three hundred million dollar year association and still have real term membership be, rest- you know, only for the few. It, it just yeah. can't happen, right? And that's going to be the big thing for that side of the of the industry to have to wrestle with the rest of this year, right? That that's all. That's all. Whew, Jesus, how do we get here? Yeah, <laughs> we should <have> just gossip <laughs> instead, right? Well, this- <laughs>
0: I don't, did we talk
1: about the yeah we should let's just wrap end, end, end thanks everybody for listening thanks everybody
0: listen content is everything Two Brothers Creative makes it look easy right now business owners really only have two options the first option is hire a big firm now this big firm is going to come in make you think that they invented all the algorithms and start charging you thousands of dollars every month you don't want to do that Second option is to do it yourself. Well, that means you got to learn SEO, SEM, copywriting, marketing techniques on the web. You should be really focusing on your own product. But now there's a third option. It's called content in a box. Give Two Brothers Creative 30 minutes a week and they'll handle everything. Plus, they'll show you how to bring it in-house later on. They'll rebuild your marketing foundation and give you tools and techniques and a new marketing playbook that'll actually produce real results and help you grow your business. Two Brothers Creative will give you the confidence and know-how to tell the SEOs and SEMs and all those other acronyms to get fucked. You're in control now. Get started today at thecontentbox.com.